0: Welcome to episode 98 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis, and today I wanna talk a little bit as we end the year, a little bit about the future of voice and things that concern me. I've been doing a little bit of research on just artificial intelligence and how that will impact learning. And of course, because I am me, I tend to look at it through the lens of voice and voice assistance and voice technology. And I think the biggest problem that uh, I have is, how do I know that I can trust AI? And how do my students know, how do they recognize that there's machine learning being used on them and for them. And what are proactive ways we as educators and just people in general can be aware of uh, the machine learning and the artificial intelligence that's happening to us and around us. Um, A really simplified way to think of ai is code that learns so it's beyond what um, someone's going in and looking at all the data and making decisions based on that data but it's that the machine is learning how to make those decisions based on the way the algorithms were written so what that leads to are things that i'm concerned about like data mining where um they get more information than they really need and who's getting that information and where is that information going? I'm concerned that in the future, it's going to be really hard for children specifically to know the difference between a voice bot and a real person. And the because of the robotics, um, the future will be, make it really hard for discernment in a young child, but not necessarily just a young child. And I think that there needs to be ethics involved in this um, because of the use of big data, because of deep fakes that are out there where people are trying to deceive us with using algorithms. Um, we face algorithms every day. If you get on Netflix, if you shop on Amazon, you are being... Um, manipulated to see the things based on things that you've looked at in the past that Amazon thinks you're most likely to wanna buy. It's out there already, and we just have to be aware of it. We also need to be aware that sometimes AI has built-in bias that wasn't even intended to be, and that could cause problems with equality issues. It doesn't, maybe the AI doesn't represent me as a person, doesn't represent you as a person. So we're anytime we're using AI, um, we're giving up a little bit of our own agency about who we are and what how we really think. So then that becomes the question of ethics and who whose ethics are they? Is it a collective ethics? Is it individually as humans? Because I've changed over the years, my thoughts and processes have changed over the years. How do we create ethics for something that's ever evolving what is it and who decides what those ethics should be um that's the question that i see the universe really struggling with right now um how do we know that the automation that hap- that is happening really does represent us and our thoughts and our wishes and who we long to be um as time goes on I think AI is causing a dependence that um, we haven't had in the past, a dependence on that machine. Uh, My concern is with that, I know that anytime I use a voice assistant, I'm giving up some privacy. And I have to to weigh out in my mind, is what I'm giving up worth what I'm gaining? And so my hope is that there is um, encryption on the things that I'm sharing that is a personal identifiable uh, information about myself and that's the thing where with a voice assistant specifically it goes beyond just the um, platforms but also the third parties so that's where I'm at as we look at the chat bot happening in Alexa where I can now um, those are things that I see really changing the way we're going to use voice in the future. I see it being more multimodal, but also um, just multiple layers of connectivity. And what does that look like? Uh, if you're if you're interested in more about that, check out what Amazon is doing with the Amazon. Um, sidewalk and how they're going to create a low bandwidth iot network that will work off of your device in your home for the people in your neighborhood unless you opt out i have very mixed feelings about that but it also could create smart neighborhoods where if uh, if i lost my dog maybe my neighbor could find my dog for me Uh, i see pros and benefits uh but i also wonder where is the line where where is that where is the responsibility where is the accountability and i think that's why today i want to share with you the importance i think a that we are educating students on ai and voice um technology and so look i've been looking into the ai4k12.org website there's a lot of stuff out there and their hope is to create some just lessons for students in the k-12 arena to understand ai because it's going to impact their lives from this point forward Also, I'm getting asked by many developers over and over recently, how do I make sure that I'm COPPA compliant? How do I do this? How do I do this? Will I get accepted if I put this skill in? Um, So I would say, guys, go out there and look at product certifications. Digital Promise is a great place to start or ikeepsafe.org and look at their certifications. as educators and as someone who's helped decide if we should pull in certain products and platforms, there are certain things that I have always have to look at. Um, trustedlearning.org is a great site for you to get some insight on what's expected from the educator side to look at um, in terms of what's needed from a platform or a piece of equipment that we put in a school system. I think anything that is required there should also be required at home. So big thing is third party developers have very well written privacy policies don't default there tell people exactly what you're doing with their data what data you're collecting why you're collecting it what you're going to do with the data and how long you're keeping the data you've got to be specific if you're making a skill that's for children or that children are it's targeted towards that audience don't say oh it's for parent use if you expect children to use it you can't just default to that because we're not going to accept that in the classroom we need to know that you're thinking about it from is this safe from for a children's perspective doesn't mean that we're going to be hands off and say okay we don't have to worry about it it means that we need to know that you're doing your part and if you say oh it can only be used through the uh, help of a parent then it feels like you're not really taking seriously the privacy and security needs of children and students. So start there. Look for uh, a place to create your privacy policy, because I'm looking at privacy policies when I go in to look at skills that I'm putting on a device for a child. What does your privacy policy look like? Why are you Um, collecting the data that you're collecting. And if you're not collecting data, say it because that makes me feel a lot more safe about the skill that you've got out there. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll be looking more into privacy and security in the next few days so you can expect to learn more and hear more about it. This is Julie Daniel Davis. Hope you have a great week. Signing off.